There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Coming up on Studios America, we will dive into the shocking comments about the Uyghur Muslim population made by the part owner of the Golden State Warriors. Do airlines finally have a real reason for us to turn our phones off in flight? We'll take a look at that. And not every person on the left is a complete psychopath hell-bent on locking up anyone who questions establishment science, I think. But unfortunately, a ton of them are. Let's dive into the stats as we do COVID authoritarianism. Stu does America. Huh. Well, welcome to part 744 of our 3,942-part series of, holy crap, the Democrats are screwed in November. Things aren't looking good right now. And I will say, you know, of course, the Republicans are very, very capable of screwing this up before November. You don't, you know, don't count those chickens quite yet. But I will say this is setting up to be an all-timer here. This is setting up to be an all-time catastrophe. Uh, The uh, folks over at NBC News... Hardcore right-wingers like Chuck Todd uh, put together a, um, a midterm meter in which they track three of the most important numbers that indicate future midterm success or failure for a particular president or party. Um, so they have three metrics, one of which is, is the country on the right track or the wrong track. Well, uh, right now, uh, that is uh, 71% are saying that we are on the wrong track. That, in their classifications, indicates a shellacking. It's their word, shellacking. How about Biden approval? It's at 42%. That indicates, in their words, a shellacking coming in November. And then the Democrats are plus two in their um, partisan identification uh, poll, which is a neutral indicator. So you have shellacking, shellacking, and neutral. And I will say, uh, when you look back through history, you know, they in some ways are almost underselling it. Some of it is really, really uh, disturbing if you happen to be a person who wants uh, the uh, the Democrats uh, to win. Uh, like looking back to 2010, which was the biggest wave election we've had this century, uh, this century. Uh, wrong track was at 60. It's now at 71. Uh, presidential approval was at 45 and it's now at 42. Uh, although uh, the congressional preference was uh, Republicans plus two back in 2010. Uh, the, it's Democrats plus two now. But I will say that disagrees with a lot of uh, other polling that's out there right now on the uh, partisan approval sort of rating. Uh, the Gallup uh, organization has a poll out percentage of Americans who identify or uh, lean to the Republicans or Democrats. And if you look at this real quick, you could sign to see a progression since Joe Biden became president. He took president quarter one of 2021. They were up by nine, 49 to 40 on the Democratic side. Quarter two was 49, 43, dropped from a nine point to a six point uh, deficit for Republicans. Uh, then in quarter three, it was 45 to 44, only a one point lead from nine to six to one. And then now they're down by five. So from nine from plus nine to plus six to plus one to minus five. That 
is the Joe Biden presidency we've all been seeing here over the past year. And it's not a surprise that these effects are happening. Question, I guess, is why are they happening? And does this lead to something in November? We don't know the November answer yet. Way too much time to be able to predict what's going to actually happen in November and how drastic this is going to get. But you can look at this and say, okay, well, look at how out of step the Democrats are on so many issues with the average American. You don't have to necessarily go to conservatives. Yeah, of course, they're going to be out of step with conservatives. They're the other party. But to be out of step with almost everybody in so many different ways is probably really troubling if you're a Democrat. Certainly if you're a, a purple uh, candidate, a candidate that's in a purple state or pur- purple area district, you're looking at real trouble here. Um, there's a new poll out by Rasmus, and this was uh, done in conjunction with the Heartland Institute and uh, kind of goes over some of the things that, uh, that Glenn talks about in The Great Reset. Uh, the book that's out now. You can get it at Glenn Beck book, Glenn Beck's book or something like that, dot com. I don't know. Go to Amazon and search for The Great Reset. You're going to wind, you're going to see uh, Glenn Beck's name pop up. But what's interesting about this is that there is a, a real, a real weird thing going on on the left in which they, there has been this effort over the past year to implement this sort of, uh, I don't know, puritarian, puritan sort of uh, behavior that they're foisting upon everybody in the country. And it's like, you know, there was an idea, at least up until Omicron, that it was basically your fault if you got COVID. You were a bad person. You didn't wear your mask enough. You didn't get vaccinated enough times. Whatever the request of the day was, it was not one that was sufficient uh, to describe what was going on. And, And it became this thing where there was a moral code that you needed to follow. And it became... Uh, a situation where, you know, families were having I, I know uh, of people uh, in, you know, friends of friends who have had like family breakups over this stuff where they'll, they'll, they'll all be in the house together and uh, someone finds out that someone's unvaccinated and the whole family gets in an argument and they don't talk to each other for a year. This sort of psychotic behavior is actually going on in this country and none of it makes any sense at all, certainly in the Omicron area. Uh, era. It doesn't seem to make any sense. So let me go through some of the stuff that is in this uh, Rasmussen poll. Uh, 48% of voters favor Biden's plan to impose a COVID-19 vaccine vaccine mandate includes 33% who strongly favor the mandate, 48% oppose, including 40% who strongly oppose. So what you get from that is the vaccine mandate is unlike maybe what you'd even think watching conservative media it's basically a split issue. It's a partisan issue. People on the left generally favor it. People on the right generally don't. Um, but it's not an overwhelming, it's not an 80-20 type of issue. There's a lot of disagreement on that. And the question is, is you know, should you just mandate that vaccine? But Rasmussen and, and Heartland went a little deeper on this to kind of try to figure out what was behind this and how far people are willing to go. 78% of voters uh, support the Biden administration's vaccine mandate plan, but only 22% of Republicans and 41% of not affiliated uh, voters um, uh, support the mandate. So again, there you see the breakdown. There's a 19 point split between Republicans and independents, but there's a 37 point split between Democrats and independents. That was a real theme throughout a lot of this. Um, How about Anthony Fauci? 45% view Fauci favorably, including 28% who have a very favorable impression of him. 48% have an unfavorable position. So it's 45-48 on Fauci. He's underwater by three points. Um, So what's interesting there is is the fall from grace that Anthony Fauci has had. If you go back to, people forget this now, you go back to spring, summer of 2020, 
you're looking at a guy with 70 and 80 percent approval ratings. Uh, now it's down to, again, yet another partisan person, a person who just is liked by the left and not liked by the right. That's amazing to see such a high approval rating of a former Trump administration official, isn't it? Isn't that just weird to see? Uh, 58% of voters would oppose a proposal for federal or state governments to fine Americans who chose not to get vaccinated. 55% of Democratic supporters would support the proposal compared to just 19% of Republicans and 25% of independents. So again, you see this split. Republicans, yeah, they are more conservative than an independent by six points. However, there's a 30-point gap between Democrats and independents. This is not the formula for victory. It also is getting a little bit strange, right? I mean, fining people for making a medical choice you don't agree with? All right, like maybe you could say you disagree with their choice, but to fine them? Well, let's go even further. 59% of Democratic voters would favor a government policy requiring that citizens remain confined to their homes at all times except for emergencies if they refuse to get vaccinated. Such a proposal is opposed by 61% of all likely voters, including 79% of Republicans and 71% of affiliated voters. And once again, you see that same sort of gap, about an eight-point gap between Republicans and independents and a 30-plus point gap between Democrats and independents. Not the way you win elections. That's the secondary thing after saying, I just want to lock everybody. That's the Chinese policy. Are you going to be welded into your home if you have COVID or... In a lot of cases, you don't even have COVID. You just, uh, you just didn't get vaccinated. You may have had COVID a while ago and believe you have natural immunity, and they still want to weld you in your house. That's sort of shocking. Uh, but maybe, it's, maybe I shouldn't be shocked by these types of things anymore. How about this one? Nearly half, half of Democratic voters think federal and state governments should be able to fine or imprison individuals who publicly question the efficacy for the existing vaccines on social media, television, radio, or online digital uh, publications. Only 27% of all voters, including just 14% of Republicans, 18% of unaffiliated uh, voters, uh, favor criminal uh, punishment for vaccine critics. Now, we live in a country with the First Amendment. Okay, there is no criminal punishment for questioning science. Um, That is not supposed to be a thing here. Now we're seeing it turn into a thing a little bit more often than we thought we would ever see. Uh, now banning on social media is a different category here. This is criminal punishment. Hey, you say something that people don't like about the vaccines, you get fined, you get put in jail. Uh, this is totally against the constitution, would never get through uh, the Supreme Court, at least at this moment. However, uh, again, you see that same gap, only a four point gap between Republicans and independents, but the gap to Democrats is 30 plus points or more. Um, 45% of Democrats would favor governments requiring citizens to temporarily, temporarily, excuse me, live in designated facilities or locations if they refuse to get a vaccine. So a, a forced, centralized quarantine camp type of situation. Such a policy would be opposed by a strong majority of voters, 71%. 78% of Republicans, 64% of unaffiliated voters, uh, say that they would strongly oppose putting the unvaccinated in designated facilities. Now, again, these... There is a, a thing that's that's happened for a long time in this country called centralized quarantine. It's also happened all around the world and continues to happen all around the world. It has happened um, in this country recently. I mean, when people were coming back from uh, the first cruise ship that got covid, 
they were quarantined uh, because they had the virus. This is something different. This is quarantining people who are completely healthy, who don't have the virus, just chose not to get the vaccine. That is, of course, yet again, another unconstitutional measure uh, that I do not think would have any chance of getting through the court system. But yet still, 45 percent of Democrats support its implementation. What kind of crazy planet are we living on right now? Um, Okay, how about this one? Two thirds of likely voters would be against Governments using digital devices to track unvaccinated people to ensure they are quarantined or socially distancing from others. But 47 percent of Democrats favor this tracking system for those who don't get the vaccine. Forty seven percent. You don't get the vaccine. The government gets to know where you are all the time. First of all, we should point out that, you know, it is it's gone. It's this has changed a little bit. But for most of the time we've talked about uh, the vaccines, minorities have had higher uh, rates of being unvaccinated than uh, whites. So you're talking about a system where the Democrats are endorsing a plan to monitor uh, a disproportionate amount of African-Americans as they go to their daily life because I guess they didn't get the shot that you want them to get. I mean, this is bonkers, again, unconstitutional, obviously. But again, keep in mind, this is half of Democrats who support this. Half. Last one is the craziest one, but still 29% of Democrats support it. Temporarily removing parents' custody of their children if parents refuse to take the vaccine. Only 7% of uh, Republicans and 11% of unaffiliated voters um, support a policy. Now, I will also point out that I don't know. To me, it's equally disturbing that 7% of Republicans would support such a policy. Uh, 11% of independents, also very disturbing. But 29% of Democrats, again, you see the the gaps here. Only a four-point gap between independents and Republicans, an 18-point gap between Democrats and independents. What does all this mean? It means shellacking is what it means. It means, this is just, and this is just one of the things, if everything else in the country, country was going swimmingly at the moment, perhaps you'd say, okay, well, they can overcome their disconnect with the average person as they attempt to walk a line where they have some positive things and some things maybe that the, the uh, American public doesn't uh, like. But that's not what we're seeing here. What we're seeing here is a presidency that has gone sideways from the very beginning where the border is a disaster, inflation is a disaster, the economy is struggling and can't find its own way. He has not shut down the virus. The virus is thriving and is doing uh, more spreading, for sure, than any other time since the beginning of all this craziness. And that doesn't even mention the biggest catastrophe of the first year of Joe Biden, which, of course, is Afghanistan. So all of that put together on top of this disconnect puts you in a place where you are in real severe trouble. Now, of course, we as conservatives, mostly and most of the people who watch the show are going to be conservative, maybe libertarian as well. But people who don't generally like big government policies, as someone who is in that boat, I am happy uh, that the the Democrats uh, will likely lose control here in a few months. But I'm also terrified that this is how half of our country thinks. I mean, this is wild. What what do you mean you're going to take kids away from their parents because they don't get a vaccine? That's insanity in every way, shape and form. 
And it's not something that is consistent with the values of America. It's not consistent with, I think, a lot of sane Democrats. And in that particular policy, that is too far for a lot of, uh, of even Democrats. But still, massive support for all of these policies. Millions and millions of people support these crazy, crazy ideas. This is going to be, it's already bad for the country. We're already dealing with the consequences. But at the very least, it does show some hope for the future that maybe this control could be taken away. These policies can be blocked more often in the, in the future. And eventually we can get rid of Biden and all of these Democrats that are doing this to us. Because this is, this is real. They've convinced a large swath of the people that you see every single day that people that make different medical decisions than them should be imprisoned, have their children taken away, be tracked by the government. This is crazy. So we'll see what happens in November. Believe me, and, and I mean this sincerely, the Republicans have a lot of time to screw this up. It's not a sure thing by any means. But I can tell you this, some of the statements you've seen recently that seem desperate are desperate. And they're desperate because Democrats are seeing these polls as well. And they have no other path but desperation. If you're tired with some of the effects that are going on right now and rising taxes, increasing inflation, potential stock market bubble, if you don't want to spend your retirement watching your wealth waste away, and as we've seen and we just covered with all these polls, freedoms erode, then listen uh, uh, to an interesting idea. It's called Panama. You know the country, Panama. They're just to our south. Uh, where in Panama, every dollar in your savings account counts like 10 times because things are inexpensive in Panama. Now, you might say, what about taxes? They could be high. No, they are um, a rate that I think we here in the United States should try to replicate. Zero percent in many cases uh, where they haven't had a financial crisis in over 20 years, even in 2008 where you can live on the beach in total comfort and security, all on 24000 bucks a year. If you've always dreamed of retiring on the beach, I mean, you see the pictures. They're beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful place. Why wait any longer? Check this out. It's the American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama from Buy Panama Now. Now, this is 100% free. Uh, just head over to buypanamanow.com slash stew, buypanamanow.com slash stew. Get your copy today. Check it out, whether you want to rent or, or uh, uh, vacation or uh, re- retire there, maybe live there for a while. Buypanamanow.com slash stew. Check it out now. You know, every once in a while, people say things that others find controversial. And we have that moment today once again in a stunning development. Uh, this time it is kind of shocking because usually people who are you know, billionaires don't wind up blurting things out like this because they don't want to affect their business interests. Um, but here we have a, an example where someone did do this. Now, the good thing about this for this particular gentleman who is a co-owner of the Golden State Warriors is uh, his name is so complicated, no one's going to be able to say it. So that's the best thing about it. You know, you can he can't become infamous because no American can say his name. Uh, But he was on a podcast and he was talking about the Uyghurs. And this has come up many, many times, uh, particularly around the NBA. If you remember the uh, former uh, general manager of the Houston Rockets, uh, he had tweeted, uh, you know, free Hong Kong or whatever it was. Um, and uh, China reacted negatively. They pulled all their games off. They, they 
did all sorts of damage. And then we had LeBron, uh, who's a uh, standing member of the CCP, uh, Chinese Communist Party, uh, come out and say, hey, that's wrong. You shouldn't criticize uh, the, uh, the party or the Politburo. And so all that went down a while ago, and you may remember that. It's a huge market for the NBA. They don't want to lose it. Uh, so many of the people in the NBA were critical of someone saying, you know, spare Hong Kong and the people's uh, lives that are there. Uh, didn't seem like a controversial statement to most Americans, but to the NBA it was. So they've had these issues with China before. One of the issues that gets brought up over and over and over again is, hey, uh, you know, the NBA comes out and, and they'll say, you know, what we need to do is we need to protest this bathroom law in North Carolina or we need to uh, we really don't like the voting rules changes you guys have made. And then everyone points out to them, hey, what about the Uyghurs? You're doing business over in China. They're imprisoning a million people plus right now and torturing them and raping them and doing all these terrible things. What do you got to say about that? And of course, their lips are sealed when that happens. That's essentially the uh, answer here. Uh, So they were talking about this. And finally, the co-owner of the Golden State Warriors decided to say the quiet part out loud. Let's be honest, nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You, you bring it up because you really what? care, and I think what that's nice that you cares? care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you a very care? hard... Wait, wait, I'm telling you, you very, personally don't care? I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth, okay? Of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line, okay? Oh, of all the things that I care about, it is below my line. Disappointing. I care about the fact that our economy could turn on a dime if China invades Taiwan. I care about that. I care about climate change. You know, I care about a bunch of, I care about America's crippling and, you know, decrepit in healthcare infrastructure. But if you're asking me, that, do I care about a segment of a class of people in another country? Not until we can take care of ourselves, will I prioritize them over us? It's one of the more remarkable things I've ever heard, honestly. Um, and and so there's a couple sides to this. Number one, we're talking about the, the worst ongoing genocide in the world right now. This is not just some issue. It's not just something to care about. It's probably the biggest thing in the world when it comes to human suffering outside of maybe the entire nation of North Korea. Uh, maybe in numbers, maybe the biggest uh, that you're going to find anywhere in the world right now. It is a big issue. It relates directly to the NBA. Uh, the fact that he's so callous about it is unbelievable. Now, there's another side of this, though. You could say, okay, well, he's on a podcast. He's trying to be Mr. Truth Teller, trying to be, you know, Mr. Uh, I'm going to, I don't care what I'm going to say. I'm going to say the thing that no one wants to hear. Uh, and that's kind of what he goes into. What's interesting here is that there probably is an acceptable thing to say here, which is, look, I mean, you know, we have a lot of problems, and a lot of those problems are right here in our face. And I don't know. It's difficult to, to care about every, everything. Um, we obviously care about it going on, but what can we do about it? It's a million miles away, and I don't even understand the issue, or whatever your point might be. It's interesting that after this clip that we just played, there's a moment where the, the other host tries to bail him out and give him a road to that position, which is, you know, maybe a little callous, but also somewhat honest, right? I mean, I don't know how, much, how many times you've gone over there trying to free Uyghurs. You may have. Honestly, in this audience, there probably are people who are currently doing that. Uh, so I, I give you credit on that. But it might not be uh, the, the charity that you've always donate to or whatever. Like, it might be something you're concerned about, but it is far away in another part of the world. And it's not something that maybe is on the top of your mind every day. Maybe you have other things going on. We're in the middle of a pandemic. The economy is shot. If you're thinking about people in foreign lands, maybe Afghanistan is the place you've been thinking about. 
Well, the co-host says, I think people, if you explain to them what's going on with the Uyghurs in China, they care, but it's not top of mind to them. It's not what is on the top of people's minds right now as they go to the grocery store and the shelves are empty. This is what you call at a podcast or a show a lifeline. Hey, you're about to go drown yourself. Let me throw you the lifeline, grab onto the raft at the end of it, and float to safety. He's trying to bail this guy out. He realizes how terrible this is. Um, and then he responds, though, the Golden State Warriors uh, guy responds, sure, that I care about. Yes, I care about the fact our economy could turn on a dime if China invades Taiwan. So he again says, he doesn't take the bait and say, yes, of course I care about it, but I'm just saying it's not the top concern. No, he says he doesn't care. In fact, it goes on and he says, I think a lot of people believe that, and I'm sorry if that's a hard truth to hear, but every time I say that I care about the Uyghurs, I'm really just lying if I don't really care. And so I'd rather not lie to you and tell you the truth. It's not a priority to me. One thing I will say about this, just a blanket piece of advice, and I know we have tons of billionaires who watch this show on a daily basis. Here's the thing, billionaires. You should never go on podcasts. What is the upside of you? Is your, is your life, your life going to get better somehow if you go on a podcast? How's it going to get better? You're already a billionaire. What are you going to do? You're going to go on a podcast and just ramble and everyone's going to think you're so, so smart. Is that what you're looking for? Because I got news for you. Go in the pool instead. You know, go sleep with your supermodel wife or whatever you have. Do, do that. That's the better path. You never need to go on a podcast. You could go on a dumb podcast like this if you want to become a billionaire. You want to come on, the, the, come sit in my seat over here. and We could talk about stuff and then maybe more people will like you and your company will go up in value and you'll become a billionaire someday. I don't know. There's a path to making money on podcasts. Everybody's got one. But if you're already a billionaire, you should just never go on a podcast. That's just a blanket rule I'd like to throw out there right now. But I don't know. This one's bad enough. He has kind of retracted this a little bit or tried to walk it back. Oh, I, of course, care about human rights, no matter where it is. China, United States, everywhere. But I don't think anybody's going to buy it. And it's bad enough that you could see maybe uh, he uh, has a, a little bit of a, a problem with this one. Though when you're, when you're on that side of the issue, you seem to get away with it, don't you? You seem to just get away with it sometimes. So we'll see if that continues. Uh, Michael Phelps is in the news as well. Now, he was drawn into controversy. Uh, the swimmer, of course, he's, well, there's one big issue going on in the pool right now, and that issue is Leah Thomas, typically, of the, uh, of the uh, she's on Penn, right? Um, she's, on, she's on the female swimming team from Penn, but just happened to be on the male swimming team on Penn uh, just last year. So anyway, uh, Michael Phelps was asked about this by Christian Amamor, and he had this to say. Look, like I, I'll say, you know, I, I can talk from a standpoint of, of doping. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've competed in a clean field in my entire career. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think this leads back to the organizing committees again, um, because it has to be a level playing field. I think that's something that, that we all need um, because it's it, like that's what sports are. Uh, and, and for me, um, I, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know um, what's going to happen. Um, I, I believe that we all should feel comfortable with who we are in our own skin. Um, but I think sports should all be played at an even playing field. I don't know what that looks like in the future. Um, but it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's hard. It, it, it's a really it, I, I, honestly, I, I don't know. It's what complicated. To say. 
(laughs) it's very complicated and and um you know this is this is my sport this has been my sport my whole entire career um and and i honestly the one thing i would love is everybody to be able to compete on an even playing field that's all i can say all he is doing there is just seeing in his head the videos of himself responding to this question, followed by Michael Phelps uh, has been dropped by all of his sponsors, and he's in the moment living through this entire situation. He's laughing at himself trying to get out of it. It's, it's un- unbelievable. Now, you can see he looked a little sick there. I believe he's suffering from pre-cancellation, pre-cancellation syndrome. Uh, it's a very sad, uh, disturbing ailment that he's going through right now. But, I mean, it's funny. I don't know. I mean, I think he's trying to say, look, you know, obviously, dude shouldn't be beating up on women in swimming. I mean, that's, that's not cool. It's not cool. Uh, but he has no idea how to get out of it. So I don't, know what you, I don't know what you do. Don't do interviews. Again, you're Michael Phelps. You've got 145 different gold medals. Just stay at home and count them over and over again. Never do another interview. Just stay at home and count your medals and your money and never leave the house again. It's the only solution at this point. Um, you can, in fact, you definitely can't go compete in another event. Novak Djokovic uh, went over to uh, Australia, as we saw over the past few weeks, and he's now been uh, deported from Australia. He can't play in the Australian Open. And if they stick to their rules, it means three years of this. Now, the Australian Open is one of the four majors. He's going for the all-time record of majors. So to lose 25% of your chances for the next three years, which are probably his last three prime years, uh, is really, really a lot. And now France is jumping on this as well for the French Open. They don't want him there either. And this is all because he's uh, unvaccinated. Um, Tennis Australia is now uh, regretting their decision. And they are uh, apologizing for it being a distraction, which is a fascinating thing. By the way, that is not Novak Djokovic, is it? In the picture on the article, isn't that Andy Murray? <laughs> I think that's Andy Murray. Anyway, the point is, insert tennis player here is apparently the decision they made. Uh, but it's kind of fascinating to watch this go down because uh, Djokovic is in real trouble here. I mean, where can he go? Can he, can he, can he even come to America? I, I don't know what our policy currently is for, uh, for people coming here to work, but I don't know that you get a, uh, you, you can come here as an unvaccinated person uh, to, to visit at this point. I could be wrong on that. I, I know they've bounced around a bunch of these different rules, but we can implement all sorts of requirements of foreigners trying to travel here. The U.S. Open is here. Wimbledon, I don't know. They could do the same thing. He might not be able to do, compete in any of these things. So it'll be interesting to see if he winds up just getting the shot because he's, he's sick of it. Um, but I don't know. We'll see on that one. By the way, a lot of people asking for refunds on their tickets to the Australian Open because they paid for tickets expecting to see Novak Djokovic and now are saying, well, you screwed him and uh, tossed him. And I will say, it's one thing to say, look, you have a set of rules. Uh, as a country, you can, you can implement all sorts of rules to keep people out of your country. I think as conservatives, we all recognize that, right? Like, we don't have to let people in. We, don't ha- we could say, we want you all vaccinated for cooties if we want to. Well, it's our country. We have those borders. But when you have a guy who's already had an approved visa show up on the shore and then treat him the way they did, that's where this really goes uh, awry. Um, let me leave you with this. This is from Clay Travis, uh, who noticed something kind of interesting about the NFL playoffs this uh, past weekend. 
We're completing a full weekend of 12 NFL teams playing six games a week in a week uh, where COVID hit all time highs in the country. And suddenly virtually no NFL player tested positive for COVID. Amazing. That worked out, isn't it? Someone should run the odds on this based on past weeks. The NFL must have like 5,000 totally defective tests they use every year for the playoffs. Every test is guaranteed to be negative no matter what. Impossible to explain otherwise. And Clay Travis, as a fan of the Tennessee Titans, finishes it with this. Now that I've tweeted this, the Titans are going to turn up like 20 positives. Built Bars, they're yummy. That's right. Built Bars are very delicious uh, protein bars. And if you want to lose some weight, you're looking to maybe fill yourself up one meal a day, maybe a meal replacement, maybe a snack during the day. Why not get a Built Bar? Reach for a Built Bar instead of that you know, candy bar or some other thing, uh, which is going to make you fatter than you want to be. Now, that's kind of, I mean, they don't say it like that, but that's how I'm saying it. Coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, so many more. And if you don't have a, uh, if you don't know which flavors you like, get the mix box. You get nine of everything. They also have a bunch of um, other flavors that they're kind of always introducing, which is really cool as well. 180 calories or less. Usually they're more like 140. Uh, 18 grams of protein, low carbs, low sugar, all the good stuff. Check it out at Built.com. Uh, enter the promo code Stu15. You'll save 15% off your first order. Promo code is Stu15 uh, for 15% off at Built.com. It's Built.com. Code is Stu15. This 5G story is just so strange to me. I, I don't understand what's going on with it. Um, if you don't know the backstory, basically, you know, the new 5G networks are supposed to be coming out from AT&T and Verizon and the, and the rest. And they are going to give you really fast data speeds and everybody's excited about them and blah, 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 blah. So the people who aren't excited about them happen to be the airlines. And there's a reason for this. They believe there could be interference with their um, uh, radio altimeter, which measures um, basically the instruments, and they, they're typically used during really bad weather. So like if you can't really get a view of the ground, uh, how far is the plane off the ground? Well, you need to know that. And they believe that towers uh, set up near airports could get in the way of that. Now, what I find to be really, really bizarre about this is that these networks are already operating in 40 countries. And they're not seeing this interruption. They're not seeing this interference. Uh, the, the telecom companies are saying, like, guys, this isn't happening. Why are you so worried about it? Now, there's, of course, a reason. If, you, if you're an airline, you're thinking to yourself, well, even if there's a very small chance of a problem, one plane crashes and, you know, our company is destroyed, we really don't want to take the risk, which I get. But there doesn't seem to be any issues with this. So what AT&T and Verizon are now doing is they're agreeing to delay uh, the launching, they've already delayed it once. They're, de they're delaying this um, now around airports. They're going to try to say this is still going to allow 90% of the network to go up. But around the airports, they're going to delay it for a while, I guess, for more testing. But again, it's already happening in 40 countries, and these, this interference is not being seen. Uh, so I don't. I, it's hard to know exactly what the problem is here. Uh, but, uh, you know, we want to watch Netflix in higher quality, right? You want to be able to stream Stu Does America and see this incredible picture that you're seeing right now with real clarity and without any uh, buffering. So that's the main issue here. Uh, the Supreme Court is, it, it, there's an interesting issue going on there in that Neil Gorsuch apparently refused to wear a mask uh, despite the request of, of Sotomayor uh, because Sotomayor, I guess, has diabetes. The diabetes. 
And yeah, I mean, you look at her, you know, saying maybe not the healthiest person uh, you've ever seen in your entire life for various reasons. Uh, same way you might look at me and say, that's not the healthiest person I've ever seen for various reasons. Uh, it's true. And but of course, like we're in the middle of a point where Omicron is cutting through everything. You know, I keep as I go through this stuff, I keep seeing people tweets like, look, well, Look at this. X percent of people get this outcome from COVID and X percent of the people in this situation get this outcome from COVID. So much of this is outdated to previous variants. And honestly, like the Omicron thing is just totally different. It's it's changing everything uh, up. And so this idea that even if masks work, which, of course, you know, and I know they don't really have much effect, especially if they're cloth, uh, you know, then. okay, well. Let's see uh, if they if they don't if they don't work against Omicron, which they don't. Even the CDC is saying this now. I mean, you need an N95 mask to really do any damage against Omicron. Um, why are we bothering with this nonsense? It's just theater. Now, I, my understanding is everybody on the Supreme Court is vaccinated and boosted. Uh, you know, what are you going to do here? I mean, this, this gets to just be silliness. Of course, the main thing is they just want to yell at us, a Trump appointed Supreme Court justice. That's the whole a function of this uh, in, in and of itself. And it's just it winds up being this ridiculous back and forth game where we can, you know, I don't think the, the this is a general statement backing up from the story. But like, I don't think the typical left wing person even wants restaurants shut down. They don't want to not be able to go to concerts. They want to go to their clubs. They want to do their random hookups in the street and make out with people as they pass all that they want. But what they want more is this moral cudgel they can use against the right. Like, they'd rather have the restaurants be closed so they can say conservatives are bad than have the restaurants open. And that is playing out now, I think, in real terms. There's no risk to, uh, I mean, look, there's the same risk that, that exists with uh, Sotomayor now exists in, in her daily life 100 times. Uh, there's nothing she can do about it. There's, everyone has some level of risk. But she's got the vaccine. She's been boosted. She's, she's, she's done what she can do. We can only do so much. And, get, you know, if she, if she gets it, I'm sure she'll be able to get the monoclonal antibodies. I'm sure she'll be able to get the Pfizer pill or whatever else she wants to take. So what are you going to do? You can't eliminate risk completely. Uh, this is just this weird disconnect we talked about at the beginning of the show playing out in real terms. Um, and I love this because this is another example of it. It's a tough time. Why is Biden one of the most unpopular U.S. presidents? A fascinating question by The Guardian and then answered by NBC News. White House plots public reset as Biden agenda flails. Well, the Biden agenda is flailing because the Biden agenda sucks. That's that's the bottom and the top of this. It's the whole shebang, the whole kit. All caboodle. The guy's ineffective. His plans suck. So when he succeeds at them, they they don't work. And then a lot of the stuff he's trying to do, he can't get done. So when you add all that up, of course, he's one of the most unpopular presidents. He's a complete failure and a catastrophe in every single way. It all adds up, boys and girls. Right now, inflation rates are higher than interest on Treasury bonds. What does that mean? Every day that passes, the government owes less on its mountain of debt. Hmm. Imagine if your mortgage had a negative interest rate. Would you be in a hurry to pay it off? Uh, No. 
Protect your savings now. You need to because inflation may not slow down anytime soon. Hedge against inflation with gold from Birch Gold because the government is sabotaging the value of the U.S. dollar. They will help you convert a, uh, an eligible IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by real gold. That's real peace of mind. You can trust Birch Gold to help you protect your savings. Uh, to get information from Birch Gold, just text STU to the number 989898. You can get a no-cost, no-obligation info kit. Uh, you got to do your own homework, read this stuff, understand what it means for you and your family. This comprehensive 20-page guide reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can buy them under the umbrella of a tax-sheltered account. That's nice. So do it now. Text the word STU to 989898. It's my name, STU, to 989898. StuDoesMerch.com. Visit often. StuDoesMerch.com. You can get this Wokeness is Weakness mug, which is always very fun. I don't know if you can see that. There you go. Also, Nancy Pelosi sucks pens. They are available now. And you can tell everyone that Nancy Pelosi sucks. All the merch is available at StuDoesMerch.com. You get the show on YouTube or podcast. If you're reviewing on podcast, we always do appreciate that. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Quick review. It's great. Whatever. And then move on with your life. But it does help us, and we do appreciate it. And you can subscribe to the show on YouTube. Click the little bell there and uh, follow along as well on YouTube. You get every episode there, and you can comment during the show. Joseph writes, as a middle-aged white male, I completely admire MLK, not only as a man for black rights, but also as a religious leader. We forget about that sometimes. Reverend Martin Luther King. I choose love. Hate is too much of a burden to bear. MLK, I absolutely love that quote. It's a great one. Uh, Kay writes, if our country embraced Thomas Sowell and his philosophy, it would be a much, much better place. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? All right. Uh, before we go to break, uh, I've got a couple stories here. Should I do the Bill de Blasio not running for governor or should I do the Weird Al movie? I mean, uh, you know what? I'll do them both. Bill de Blasio is not running for governor. Weird Al has got a movie coming out, a biopic about his life, which is an incredible story. Weird Al is one of my favorite people uh, in, the, in the world, and I've loved him since I was a kid. I'm really excited about this. Daniel Radcliffe is going to be playing Weird Al in a movie for, uh, I guess, the Roku channel. Um, so an, uh, an interesting um, uh, move by Roku. Uh, and uh, Weird Al has a uh, comment on the movie. He said, when my last movie, UHF, came out in 1989, I made a solemn vow to my fans that I would release a major motion picture every 33 years like clockwork. I'm happy to say we're on schedule. Back in a second. If you think the mainstream media sucks, then you can get on board with Blaze TV. It's a good place to be. BlazeTV.com slash stew is the place to go to get your subscription. Uh, use the offer code stew. Why? Because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you will save 10 bucks off your subscription. We do really appreciate when you subscribe to Blaze TV. It makes a big difference. If you see, you know, Glenn's got the number one book in the country right now on The Great Reset. Tomorrow he's got a big special. We'll tell you about that a little bit more tomorrow. Um, but a lot of resources go into stuff like that. I mean, in this show, I mean, almost no resources go into it. But for shows like Glenn's, I mean, a lot of resources go into it, and you're helping that happen. Investigate these things before they become a big deal, and people, uh, it's, you know, it's too late to turn them around. Uh, so check it out, blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. Okay, so here's what happened. There is a, there's a place near Bangkok it's flooded with monkeys. There's so many monkeys there that it becomes a big tourist attraction. So there's 
place is flooded with monkeys and tourists are always feeding the monkeys. Well, then COVID hits, right? So COVID hits, none of the tourists are there anymore to feed the monkeys and the monkeys are hungry and they start getting aggressive and fighting with each other and it gets really, really ugly. So locals come out with little tubes of sugar uh, syrup and water that the monkeys then start eating and then they get hyped up on sugary drinks and it all gets worse and goes out of control. Obviously, I mean that's how this movie ends, right? Look at some of these pictures. This is uh, from it's near Bangkok, about 90 miles away, and they're just they're just walking around, just crawling on people. They're crawling across cars. They're stealing food from people. Uh, they're getting in uh, monkey gang brawls in the streets. Like there's video of them having a gang brawl in the streets. Different groups of warring factions of monkeys fighting out in the streets. I think they made a movie about this called Hangover 2.